What is good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Mags. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero alongside Michelle Majuk, who is the biggest Trey Lance hater among the Niners Nation podcasters. Michelle, why do you hate Trey Lance? I do not hate Trey Lance. I think it's a fine pick. I really do. I like Trey Lance. He just makes me nervous. That's all. And I think my love for Justin Fields just makes it seem like I hate Trey Lance. It's just like there was someone so obviously better sitting right there and safer that I don't understand the pick. But at least you can all be happy that it's not Mac Jones. See, okay. You just touched on something that we're going to get into now because I have been saying the exact opposite of that all week on this network. Before we get into everything, though, just want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We really do appreciate it. It really does help. So what we want to get into today, we're going to talk Trey Lance, obviously. Michelle has been doing some digging. She took a deep dive into the numbers. We've got some Trey Lance comps that we're going to get into. Jed York said some dumb things about Trey Lance that we're going to react to. And uh, we're going to look at some of the running backs the 49ers took in the draft as well. But first thing, I cannot get past this because right before we started recording, Michelle sends me a message and says, hang on, I'll be there in a minute. I'm getting coffee and a water. Now, my brain cannot get past this because I I have just I get hung up on stuff sometimes. Are you drinking a hot cup of coffee? You are. I see it there. A hot cup of coffee and cold water at the same time. Yes. Why is that weird? <laughs> well, I don't understand it. Why do you need more than one drink? Because I'm thirsty for water. I drink water. Like I'll go through a gallon of water a day. I'm just a thirsty person. I'm not even doing it to try to be healthy. I'm just a very, very thirsty person. And then I, I drink like five cups of coffee a day. Right. And I get that. But simultaneously, that that's wild to me. It's needed. You know, you drink your coffee and then you're thirsty. So you drink some water. But coffee is liquid. You know this, right? Like you can drink the coffee when you're thirsty. Yeah, but it doesn't quench your thirst. It makes you energized and it's delicious, but it does not quench your thirst. I don't understand how you operate. Your Kay's brain is Kay is actually on her way to go get me a, a Starbucks coffee. So on top of the hot coffee, I'll have a cold coffee and I'll have my water. Wait, what is happening? You are drinking hot coffee right now. Yes. And then I'll have you... my iced coffee and I'll have my water. I, will you drink all three at the same time? No, I'll probably I'll put the hot coffee away after that. I won't be that crazy. What is I do not understand this. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Your hot coffee, cold water, followed by cold coffee. Just be happy. I don't also have a white claw next to me right now because I could use one of those. Oh, my God. It's only all 10 right. in the morning, right? I don't know if I can even trust anything you say the rest of this podcast. Like, I don't know what to think of you right now. Oh, wait till five to open up a White Claw. You don't have to worry about that. All right. Um, So you said something before that I have kind of been railing against. You said, at least we didn't get Mac Jones. Be happy it's not Mac Jones. That is frustrating to me because I've been telling people all week, don't just be glad that it's not Mac Jones. Be happy with who you have. Be excited about Trey Lance because I feel like at some point the evaluation has to flip, right? Like before the pick is made, it's all about what this guy can't do because you're comparing him to the other quarterbacks. But now that the pick has been made, the 49ers only have Trey Lance. They don't have Justin Fields or Mac Jones or anybody else. So now I feel like what we need to do is to start looking at the things he can do. 
the quarterback power runs, the mobility, the, be, the ability to extend a play inside the pocket, those type of things. We should be looking at what he can do and be excited about that instead of just saying, well, at least it's not Mac Jones. A hundred percent. I do think you guys should be excited about Trey Lance. He offers so much potential. I'm just saying there's areas that you're nervous about. He There's just such a limited sample size. And it, he did it against the FCS. So there was no pressure. He had 44 total passing attempts against pressure. That is wild. I mean, we just don't know yet what he can become. And I do think he's really, really raw. And I know they're saying he's super, super smart and he can read defenses and he's going to pick up the playbook extremely fast, which is all very important for him getting on the field soon. It's just the actual, like going up against NFL defenses from the FCS, like he's going to get pressured. It doesn't matter. Like the 49ers have a great scheme, a great system, but he's going to see pressure in the NFL and his accuracy in those 44 passing attempts when pressured, he threw an accurate ball 29% of the time. 29% 29% of the time. And when I'm comparing him to other guys that recently came out that I think he compares to the Lamar Jacksons, the Josh Allens, the Jalen Hurts, like even him, like Jalen Hurts was at 61% accuracy and Trey Lance was at 29%. Like we're looking at college here. Lamar Jackson was lower at 41%. And then you're really comparing him here to Josh Allen, who is at 33% accuracy with the pressures still better than Trey Lance. I think what you're hoping for is he becomes the next Josh Allen. Like that is what you need him to become. And that's just a little risky because Josh Allen changed his entire passing motion. All of his mechanics this past season, he worked on that, went to like a whole clinic that read how he threw the ball with his hips and all of that and changed it. Can Trey Lance make that jump? It's risky. And do you really want your number three overall pick that you've given up three number ones and a third round pick for to have to make that kind of transition and that kind of change? Like, ideally, if you're at number three, wouldn't you take a guy that already does those things that doesn't need to change anything because he's already throwing the ball the right way? And it is hard to find someone of Lamar Jackson's and Josh Allen's athletic ability who is also uh, a proven passer. Like, that's Kyler Murray. That's why I'm not even comparing him. Like, Kyler Murray coming out of school, he was already an accurate passer. He had the strong arm and the, you know, the mobile, no, the mobility. So, like, I, I wouldn't want to compare Trey Lance to Kyler Murray. I don't think that's fair. And Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, even be- Josh Allen before this year, like, they were winners. They were Josh Allen made the playoffs as an inconsistent passer. So it's not to say, like, you can't win with Trey Lance while he learns to be a consistent passer. We've seen it already. And if he's going to run the way that Lamar Jackson does, like, teams have a very hard time stopping him until, of course, he gets to the playoffs. That's a whole different issue. But, like, we've seen it work. So if he does become a consistent passer, that's just the cherry on top, and he's going to be an absolute killer for you guys. So this is my, this would be my response to you. Cause again, I'm trying to look at the bright side. I know you're a hater. I know you can't stand Trey Lance. That's fine. Oh I will goodness. fight for him on this show. Clearly the 49ers know that I'm sure they have seen that stat, right? I mean, they've yeah. been diving into this guy for months. So my pushback would be the Niners know about that. They aren't concerned about it, or at least they weren't concerned enough to not pick him. So that I is that like I guess I'm taking comfort in that like surely they know about it and they don't think it's a big deal. 
A hundred percent. They think they can fix him, right? Or maybe not even, they just think what he is right now is good enough to win games and then he will improve and become a better passer. I do think if we don't see the jump from Josh Allen this past year, I don't know if Trey Lance is the third overall pick. And we've only seen it from Josh Allen one year. So what happens if next year I'm the biggest Josh Allen supporter? I love him to death. And I do think I will love Trey Lance in the same way once I see him on the field in the NFL. It's just been so long. It's been we just haven't seen enough of them and it's been since 2019. So I, I don't know what's there yet. They do remind me of each other a lot. And I actually do think he's even a better runner than Josh Allen is. Like he does remind me of Lamar Jackson out there, the way he just evades uh, defenders. So it's not like he's like running through them. He can, he's big enough uh, and strong enough, but he actually like has that ability to just like totally make defenders look stupid. Like Lamar Jackson does. Yeah, see, yeah, that's that's exciting to me. Like that is it's fun, right? Like I want to be excited about this, and here you are just bringing me down. How You're am pulling I bringing me you down. down? I'm telling you all the good stuff about him too. I he I do think a lot of his accuracy issues came from his average up the target was pretty deep. I mean, he was constantly throwing down the field. So I do think those numbers can go up once they start, you know, getting him under control and making sure he hits the the options that are closer to him but also like he was playing with less than ideal wide receivers because like I'm saying like they're in the FCS so he's not like he had great playmakers to throw to like Justin Fields did like Mac Jones did totally different uh type of playmakers there so we don't know but that's my biggest issue is he's just a complete question mark let me ask you this now I'm going to get you in trouble with with our audience the 49ers play the Chicago Bears this year. So there yeah. is a chance that Trey Lance will be squaring off against Justin oh, Fields, which is so, so great. exciting. Yeah. Who are you rooting for in that game? I'm rooting for Justin Fields. I won't even lie. I knew it. Yeah. I'll, I'll root for Justin Fields for sure. I don't even like the Bears. I hate that he Justin Fields went to the Bears because they're one of my least favorite teams. They're just so incredibly boring, and they always have been. So hopefully Justin Fields can fix that, and he can fix Matt. Like, Justin Fields has to fix Matt Nagy, not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what a lot of people are saying about the 49ers, right? Like, the idea of... Trey Lance, along with Kyle Shanahan, you put a physically talented guy like Lance in Shanahan's system that's very quarterback friendly. That's why some people are saying like this is going to be a fantastic move. I hope so. I hope so. I'm rooting for him. But, I'm, but then also, can we get into what Jed, what's his name? <laughs> Jed York. Jed York. I, I the owner of the team, yes. Jed York. Yes, I yes. forgot his last name for a second. I got it. I got it. He's saying that he would be okay with him sitting on the bench for two years while Jimmy Garoppolo gets through his contract. That's silly. Right. So he told Matt Mayoko, quote, if he doesn't play until he's 23, but he's got a 15 plus year career, how long did Aaron Rodgers sit? Two or three years before he played? And again, I want to make sure that we do everything we can to make sure that that position is the best it can possibly be in the NFL. And this is the point I made on yesterday's show, Michelle. It's time for the 49ers to stop talking. Stop talking about this. Stop talking about when Trey Lance was the guy and when you told your owner and why you like him. All that stuff. And, and when he's going to play, just stop. It's not doing you any good. Just close off the media, focus on Trey Lance, get him the playbook, get him studying. And we don't need to talk about this anymore because it's all irrelevant now because he is the pick. He is here. And to me, Jed's comments, like they hurt the team more than they help. 
And I just think Trey Lance and Aaron Rodgers are different kind of prospects. Like Aaron Rodgers didn't need to work on his accuracy so hard. Didn't need to. He had reps in college. Like Trey Lance hasn't played since 2019. You're telling me you're going to have this guy sit for another one or two years. So then he hasn't played any football for even longer. And I think so much about Trey Lance's development is going to be coming from reps and experience and getting on an NFL field where he actually has to face real defenses that aren't the FCS. Like Aaron Rodgers didn't play in a fake college conference. He actually had real competition. (laughs) I just, if you sit him, he doesn't get the experience. And also, are you just not what are you going to do in practice? Are you going to not give Jimmy Garoppolo the reps that he also needs to get ready for the week? Or is Trey Lance not going to get the reps? It's just going to be a huge issue. I can see like Jimmy Garoppolo starting the season. I guess it would be hard to bench him because the one thing Jimmy does is win. He's a winner. Like they win when he's on the field. So if they're winning, they're not going to be able to sit him for Trey Lance. That's why there's this this massive cloud hanging over the team, and it makes no sense. You can't have Jimmy because, like you said, if let's say Kyle's like, well, by the middle of the season, we think Lance will be ready to go. Well, that's great, but what if the 49ers are 6-2? and Are you really going to pull out Jimmy Garoppolo? Because Lance might struggle at first, and people are going to be saying, what the hell, we were 6-2, and now you're putting in this guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. It's the Dolphin situation from last year. They take out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Half the locker room didn't want him to do it. Half the locker room was okay with it. And then it's like, okay, who's our leader? Like, it's all, you can't have two quarterbacks there where people aren't, people are confused as who to look to as a leader. Because the quarterback in that locker room is supposed to be the leader. It's just going to put all of them in an awkward situation, I think. I really believe that they should have traded Jimmy Garoppolo in the draft, got a second round pick for him. It's just like you traded all of these picks for Trey Lance. You got to just jump in. You got to just trust your gut. Right. What is the point of all this evaluation if, oh, he's not ready? Like, And like you said, if you, I mean, waiting two years would be asinine. That would mean that Trey Lance would have played one football game in the FCS in three years. And then all of a sudden you think he's going to be ready to go in the NFL. Like that's just not how it works. You don't go from the driver's ed car with the brake on the passenger side to then driving in the Indy 500. Like that's, that's not a good formula for success. Instead, take your 20 year old kid, get him on the damn field, let him dent the car a couple of times. Cause that's what you're going to do when you're learning how to drive. It's inevitable. And you live with that, and then you power through that to hopefully where he develops quickly and gets his bearings, and then you're off and running. All of the question marks about Trey Lance are only solved if he actually plays on the field. A hundred percent. And we brought, I talked to you about this. Like, can you imagine if they did sit him for two years, and then they have one year to see what he can do before they have to decide on his fifth-year option? Like, you're wasting so much of this rookie contract, which we have seen to be so important. When Aaron Rodgers was playing, the rookie contract thing wasn't that advantage because they were getting paid a ton of money as first-round quarterbacks. Now it's totally different with the scale, and you get this huge advantage with paying a rookie quarterback throughout his four- or five-year contract, and then you're going to waste two of those years. That's, again, I just keep using silly, but that would be such a waste. And I feel like stuff like this has happened around this whole situation. There's a narrative that forms that's like dumb or just inaccurate 
and that there are the facts of the situation and people seem to be ignoring the facts of the situation and just running with the narrative because like, oh yeah, inexperienced quarterback, he has to sit. But when you look at the facts that you just laid out there with the contract and the way the clock starts ticking immediately and how we clearly have seen the best path to a Super Bowl for any team is either get Tom Brady on your team or have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah. There's no way he's going to sit for maybe a couple more, a, a few games, maybe, but there's no way he's sitting the whole first year. That's just not going to happen. And yet people just keep throwing it out there like, oh, yeah, start Jimmy. He's got to sit. It's like that doesn't mesh with the reality of the situation. Yeah. And basically, right now, you're saying, okay, we traded up all these picks for a backup quarterback who we're going to depend on when Garoppolo gets hurt because he keeps getting hurt. So it is likely that Lance is going to see the field. But it's just like you really drafted him just in case Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in the last two years of his contract. I think we see Lance sooner rather than later. And I think we should. We should. I totally agree with you. I would get Jimmy off the team before the season even started. And Give it, give the keys to Lance and let's roll. Maybe they're just talking Jimmy Garoppolo up right now, saying he can be the starter for the next two years to try to get that trade value increase. Being like, no, we don't need him off the team. We'll still have him. Yeah, they one hundred percent are. But when Jed York bends over backwards like that and says we're good if he plays for two more years, like nobody believes that. (laughs) That's what I mean by it's not helping you. People are just rolling their eyes at you because they're not stupid and they see what you're trying to do. So that was my like just enough like you've already established you've you've paid lip service to that idea that you like jimmy garoppolo it's you're not improving his actual trade value like people know what's up yes 100 percent. and one thing i just wanted to ask real quick not to dwell on the decision and the decision is over it's trey lance but seeing that justin fields fell to pick 11 and that you guys were at pick 12 so you probably would only had to give up what one first at max maybe only a second like the difference of what they had to give up for Trey Lance and the difference of what they had to give up for Justin Fields is Trey Lance worth that massive of a difference. Well, we'll find out. But I do think that the draft is different if the 49ers don't trade up to three. Um, I think that somebody else may have traded up into that spot and taken Lance there. Um, so I don't I think that the Niners changed the whole first round by that move up to three. So I don't know that, you know, it would have played out exactly the same way. Um, And we'll like, it all depends on the difference between Lance and, and fields, right? Like if, if they're basically like comparable players, then yeah, you're probably right. Like the Niners didn't really do right by themselves by giving up all that capital. But if Lance is way better than Justin Fields, well then it looks fantastic. Yeah, and but I'm not going to mention Fields the other possibility. No, we're not talking <laughs> about that, Michelle. If they're both good, you're not going to care. Like you're not going yeah. to care what you gave up. That's the thing. If Trey Lance ends up being a good quarterback, you don't care. If Trey Lance is the next Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, like you don't care what you gave up. Like, cool, we got our franchise quarterback. Yep, it does not matter, and that's always the way it's been with quarterbacks. The Chiefs gave up a first-round pick when they moved up to get Mahomes. They haven't been missing that. I think they've been doing okay since Mahomes is there. They only go to the damn AFC Championship game and Super Bowl every year. Yeah, and the Bears fixed their Trubisky pick by moving up to take the Patrick Mahomes of this class. (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. Let's slow it down. (laughs) Say you do a Trey Lance. You I don't. I just Trey love Lance. Justin Fields, and I wanted to be able to talk about him every week on this podcast for the next forever, but they ruined that. They ruined my hopes and dreams. Well, and they ruined our show name possibilities because we have been asking for show names, and 
all the suggestions came in were all fields related fields of gold field of dreams all that stuff is all fields so now we need lance show name suggestions so hit us up at nn podcasts tell us what you think we're open to ideas stats and mags is kind of like a temporary thing so we can hopefully get a trey lance name in there just to get Michelle a little mad because she'll have to acknowledge that Trey Lance is the quarterback and that he's good and that the show is named after him. I like Trey Lance. I don't want to be known as the hater. I'll be rooting for him like crazy. I'm just Mm -hmm. nervous. That's all. Except when he plays Justin Fields and then you'll be rooting for him to stink. Yes. Well, no, I won't be rooting for him to stink. I'm just rooting for Justin Fields to show off. Just like kill it. And I think he's going to be like ultra motivated. I think he has the biggest chip on his shoulder, even bigger than Mac Jones, who Mac Jones, he he took some shots during the pre-draft process too. But I think Fields has a massive chip on his shoulder. He's always been second fiddle to Trevor Lawrence, even coming out of high school. Now there's this whole thing where the 49ers said, thanks, but no thanks. We'd rather have this other guy. He falls all the way down until the Bears traded up to get him. I think Fields is going to be ultra motivated, especially when he plays the Niners to stick it to Kyle Shanahan. A hundred percent. And we've seen that motivation when he goes up against Trevor Lawrence. He always dominates in games against Trevor Lawrence. So you can see he brings that motivation to those games. So we'll see what happens with the quarterback. Obviously, that's going to dominate the discussion for the 49ers through the preseason. Like I'm sure preseason game one, if we have a preseason and, and Lance gets out there and let's say he lights it up, I mean, oh, yeah. it's going to start from then on. The the people will be calling for Trey Lance. As they should be. Like you've seen now what Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's, But he is a winner, so that's the issue. But like, just get your young guy out there. Have some fun with him and see what he is. Like just, just go all in. You already did. You already went all in. Like actually make it happen. Kyle is clearly done with Jimmy Garoppolo. There is a report I saw this morning actually that the original plan the 49ers wanted to go with was to sign Andy Dalton, trade Garoppolo, and then obviously Lance would take over for Dalton, I'm assuming, relatively quickly. Um, and that Kyle was reportedly very upset that they didn't get Andy Dalton, which is a sentence I never thought I would say when talking about the former Bengals quarterback. But I just think that they looked into Andy Dalton, according to that report. They clearly looked into Matt Stafford. They looked into Deshaun Watson. You don't do all of that work if you're okay with Jimmy Garoppolo starting any significant portion of this season. Yeah, 100%. And I think you guys lucked out by not getting Andy Dolan because if he were to start the first few games, and that's just three losses for no reason. At least Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo can win you some games until you wait for Trey Lance. Yeah, uh, we'll save. I, there's no reason to play anybody else other than Trey Lance, and I if, hope that If they Trey do. Lance is playing in the 49ers versus Bears game, but Justin Fields is sitting for Andy Dalton, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm not going to be okay that week. Right. The only first-round quarterback that I could see justifiably sitting early on is Mac Jones because the Patriots have Cam Newton. So I, yeah. I get that. Um, if Fields and Lance aren't playing, the fan bases, I feel like, are going to revolt. I hope they put that game at the end of the year. Like, I hope yes. they're, they're smart enough to put that game at the end of the year. I can't remember. Oh, geez, I feel bad. I can't remember who said it because I've talked about this a lot this week. But like that is the difference between that Niners-Bears game being like potentially a prime time, like must-see game. And it just kind of being like, meh. Like if it's Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo, like no No thanks. one cares, yeah. Right. But if you've got Fields going up against Lance, like, yeah, put it in prime time. Like that is a super attractive game. A hundred percent. And we also get to see uh, Wilson versus Lawrence this year, hopefully. Uh, 
Jets Jags. I hope they put that like a Thursday night game week three because they should both be starting immediately. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, like I am in for the court of the young quarterback matchups. There's there's something cool about the quarterbacks in the same draft class getting to play each other immediately. Like I still remember the Thursday night game from uh, 2018. Baker Mayfield gets to come in for a hurt Tyrod Taylor against Sam Darnold and the Jets, and they win. The Browns win their first game in forever because they were 0 16 the year before that, and they hadn't won a game yet. And they opened up the beer coolers. Oh, that was a great game. <laughs> it was a great right. game. It's about hope, right? Everybody wants to see that hope. And the Browns had it that day. And hopefully the 49ers will see it as well. All right. We have been talking a lot about the quarterbacks, but I know, Michelle, you want to talk about the running backs because as much as you hate Trey Lance and you hate him, oh my God, <laughs> you love Trey Sermon. The next Trey the 49ers have gotten. And I'm going to share a little story about what happened right before he was picked that illustrates how much you love him. And we'll get into what you expect from him and also Elijah Mitchell as well. We're back here on Stats and Mags. All right, Michelle, you were working for the NFL Network during the draft. Yes. And you sent me a message. And it just said, oh, my God, I love your next pick. So me trying to be all stealthy, you don't know this. I had no idea that the 49ers had even made a trade at that point. I was like, what is she talking about? The 49ers are not on the clock. Like, what? How how much advance notice does Michelle have? Because I assume like <laughs> you knew the picks way knew before everybody early. else did. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was hard not to tweet about them because they were like, "You cannot tip these picks," and I was like, "Ah, oh. yes." Yeah. So you sent me that message, and I'm like, "Wait, what happened? Did the 49ers trade up? Do I need to be podcasting right now?" Like, and I'm feverishly trying to figure out and act like I know what I'm talking about, and then I find out, okay, they traded up, and then it was. It was Trey Sermon. So I just sent you like a cool message like, oh, it's Trey Sermon, huh? And then like acted (laughs) like I knew what was up. I just telling you, I had no idea until you messaged me. That's funny. And I'm sure you're very disappointed with who the pick was with the way I said it. But I love Trey Sermon. I think that's such a good pick. I've been saying the last month that they should invest in the running back position. Invest in a guy that's not tiny. That's not just... (laughs) It, that's what they did again in the sixth round. They took Elijah Mitchell, another five foot ten, two hundred one pound guy who's super super fast. He's Raheem Mostert. He's Matt Breda. Like that's exactly who he is. But I'm so happy that earlier in the draft they actually took a six foot two hundred fifty pound running back that can just dominate as long as he's healthy is his biggest issue. Okay, well let, let's dive into that a little bit because I mean the mo kind of was that Kyle Shanahan likes the super fast running back who can put one foot in the ground, make a cut, and be gone. And Trey Sermon is really talented, but that is not who he is. So he doesn't seem to fit the Kyle Shanahan system. So why do you think it was a good move? So with Trey Sermon, I think he changed the Ohio State offense. I think he's a big reason why they dominated the Clemson game, because he absolutely dominated. And then we saw... In, Al- in the Alabama game, like Ohio State was doing okay. They were moving the ball, and then Trey Sermon gets hurt pretty early on, and he has to miss the rest of the game, and just the offense just wasn't the same. His master Teague, who kind of started the year for Ohio State, like you could just tell the difference in talent so hard. So people might say, oh, Trey Sermon only did good because he was be- like with Ohio State. He has holes. He's- he gets to work behind that line. It's like, well, when you compare the two players – 
Master Teague and Trey Sermon, they both had 100 carries right around there. Teague had 104 carries. He averaged 4.9 yards per carry. Sermon had 106 carries, 116 carries, and averaged seven and a half yards per carry. It was just totally different talents out there. And I just love to see that you're not taking down this guy with one arm. It's not happening. An arm tackle is not going to take him down. He's going to dominate you. He's going to run over you. And yes, he ran a four, six, one at his pro day. So totally slower than what Kyle Shanahan is used to, but all of his other testings were elite, like 10 yard split, which shows the burst that he has. And I think that's really important for running backs. Like, can you get through the hole quickly? That's all that kind of matters. 94th percentile. So no, he's not a home run hitter, but he's going to get through the hole and like dominate in that way. His vertical jump, 81st percentile. Another way to show that burst broad jump, 89th percentile. Third, uh, the three cone, 85th percentile. So like he's an athletic dude. He just doesn't have that home run speed. Like how many times do you really see 70 yard runs? Like it's not often. So that's not what we have to worry about. We need to worry about those 10-yard plays. Like That's what gets you down the field. That's what keeps you on the field instead of doing those three and outs all the time. 4-6-1 is pretty slow. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't you know, realize it was that slow. Kareem Hunt ran in the 4-6s. Le'Veon Bell ran in the 4-6s. It'll be okay. If you say so. So you like him better than the Elijah Mitchell pick later on. Yeah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell pick is so Kyle Shanahan. So I'm worried that maybe he will get more work than Trey Sermon even because this is Kyle Shanahan's like prototypical running back. 4-3-5, great burst, 5-10, 201 pounds. Like, it's like exactly what he goes for. I do think we see a backfield where it's going to be frustrating for fantasy purposes because you still have Raheem Mostert there. Let's see what happens with Jeffy Wilson. Everyone was excited to see him finally get a shot. Probably not now again. Like, it just doesn't seem like they really want to lean on Wilson unless they have all those injuries. And drafting two running backs kind of shows us that. And then, who are they saying? Wayne Gallman. Who knows? Yep. So it's like a, a messy backfield. But I do think if you just went with Trey Sermon on those first and second downs, I, I, I think he'd be so good for your offense because he's getting you those – those chunk yards where that it just helps you move the ball so much more than a guy that can break it off. That's fine. But then also a guy that could get like negative one yards a bunch of times and then break one off. So I think that Trey Sermon could be RB two for the 49ers. Like why Jeff Wilson has not done anything so incredible that he's automatically penciled into that role. Like if Sermon can get the pass protection down, which is a huge thing for a rookie running back, there's no reason why he shouldn't be RB2. I think Mostert should stay RB1. Like, I keep thinking of last year. The 49ers offense early in the year was not great, but Mostert was breaking 80-yard touchdown runs. I think in the yeah. first two games, he had like an 80-yard touchdown run in each one, and so it covered up a lot of the blemishes. And if you were going to go with a Trey Lance, it might be nice to have a guy at RB1 who – can break off an 80-yard touchdown run so that Trey Lance doesn't have to, you know, shoulder that burden of carrying the offense down the field all the time. A hundred percent. And I do think they'll go with Moster and Sermon. Like, I think Sermon takes Jeffrey Wilson's job with Elijah Mitchell there to be the backup for Moster in case Moster gets hurt because he's had trouble staying on the field. Then they have their Moster as well. They have that guy that can break it off and score at any moment. So I do think I, I like both picks. I think they're really good. They'll definitely like Sermon's not going to get the full workload. And I think fantasy people are expecting that. And they're just so excited because he's in the 49ers backfield. Any running back you put back there pretty much succeeds. 
but I, I do think it'll be frustrating for fantasy purposes. Well, I think the whole 49ers team is frustrating for fantasy purposes because they they don't really lean on anybody ever. Even George Kittle, he, he's not a touchdown machine. He's never scored more than five touchdowns in any season. Yeah. What? How would you say the fantasy outlook for the 49ers changes if, let's just say, Trey Lance is under center week one from the get-go? Or is it even, can we even say right now with any reliability? Yeah, I don't love it for the wide receivers because he's going to take off and run more. They're just going to be less passing. So I don't love it for Debo Samuel, especially who he has like the shorter average up the target and then gets most of his yards after the catch. Like that's just not Trey Lance's game. He likes to throw it deep. Maybe that changes with Kyle Shanahan. Who knows? I do would like to see Brandon Ayuk use deeper down the field. So it could be good for him. But then also a lot of us play PPR. So we liked Brandon Ayuk just getting those short uh, receptions and you know, doing his work after the catch. But I could see both of their average after targets increase. So maybe they don't need as many targets. So it's okay. Uh, but also, I feel like, you know, if he's anything like Lamar Jackson, he leans on his Mark Andrews so hard because he's open in the middle of the field, <laughs> like all the time. So if George Kittle is just open in the middle of the field all the time, it could be a really nice connection between Kittle and Lance. It's crazy to me. Like, I don't know what to think. I, nobody knows as much about the 49ers as we here at Niners Nation. And yet I have literally no idea from a fantasy perspective. Like I won't, I don't think I'll draft any other 49er except for maybe Raheem Mostert, but he always gets hurt all the time too. So it's like, even though I think they could have a really good offense in terms of fantasy, I don't know that I want to be diving in on San Francisco guys. Yeah, I don't love it. And I do think like with Raheem Mostert, yeah, he can break any, any, run but once they get near the goal line like they weren't just like feeding Raheem Moser he's too small I do think that's where Sermon would come in and start stealing away those touchdowns so if I w- were going to take a running back in this backfield I would focus in on Sermon here just because I think he will get those rushing touchdown opportunities and we hope that there's a lot of them right like we hope this offense is good next year well that's a huge issue for the 49ers I feel like Kyle Shanahan's offense is incredible at moving down the field between the 20s like if they don't turn the ball over they almost always do like it's pretty crazy how well they move the ball down the field but then they get in the red zone and they really struggle and I think it's because there's not as just flat out not as much room for Kyle Shanahan to manipulate the defense there's tighter windows and they really struggled with a power running back in the red zone last year. Eventually, they got so desperate, they started giving it to Kyle Juszczyk. He was kind of serving as their power running back. And I think that's part of the reason that they brought in Sermon. And I think hopefully they don't make Trey Lance a gadget guy. But to me, one of his biggest contributions, especially early, is as a runner in the red zone. I mean, they could flat out run power runs with him. Think Cam Newton when he was a rookie with the Panthers and had 14 rushing touchdowns. He could do that right away from jump. I don't care how many games he played in college. Like, he knows how to do that. A hundred percent. He'll be so good in that area. That's where Trey Lance just, he's so strong too. Like, that's what I love about his running ability. It's not just he's elusive and quick. It's just like, he's a powerful dude as well. It is Josh Allen in Lamar, like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen put together. And I love that uh, for him. So he's going to be so good in that area. And then you have Trey Sermon, too, who is very powerful and can get into the end zone as well uh, when you feed it to him in the red zone. I do think this will help your offense immediately. And such a good pick. (laughs) 
One uh, nugget I saw about Lance that I loved. So he had a GPS track time at 21.54 miles per hour on one run. That would make him the 14th fastest ball carrier in the NFL last year, right behind Will Fuller and ahead of A.J. Brown. Lamar Jackson's two fastest times in 2020 were 20.6 miles per hour and 20.5. So Trey Lance has run faster than two of Lamar Jackson's fastest runs last year. It doesn't mean he's faster than Lamar, but they're in the same ballpark and Lance is six, (laughs) four. That's pretty damn impressive. I'm telling you when you watch him run, he looks like Lamar Jackson running out there, but it's like, Oh my God, this dude is so much bigger, like, and stronger. He's going to run through these defenders if they try to tackle him. But he also is just like, he can make you look silly out there by just stopping on a dime and going again. Like, He's going to be really, really fun to watch. In the like, he might drive you crazy sometimes with his accuracy and making stupid plays, throwing the ball. I do think he'll learn though and grow. He's going to be so much fun to watch. So run all over the field. So we talked a lot about the 49ers draft class, but before we go, let's get into the rest of the NFC West because I've seen a lot. And again, take take draft grades with a grain of salt, of course. But a lot of people are saying that the 49ers had the best draft in the division. I mean, you have to. It's not a very hard, like, you don't have a lot of competition. You're basically playing against the FCS here uh, when we're comparing <laughs> drafts. Like, the Rams, they, you can see that they just spent their time hanging out in a pool and probably drinking because <laughs> what is this 2 2 Atwell pick in the second round? This was your first pick at the draft, and you take a wide receiver A. It doesn't make any sense, even if it was uh, not a 150 pound. 149 pounds is what he weighed in at. Even if he wasn't a 149 pound wide receiver, it still doesn't make sense. Like you have Cooper Cup, you have Robert Woods, you took Van Jefferson in the second round last year. This wasn't a need, and you had a lot of holes. You lost a lot of players. Two two out. Well, he's a speedster. He's that's that's what he brings. So I don't really know what to expect from him. He's Tavon Austin all over again. Did they not learn from that? The Rams are. I know it was a totally different management group, but still. 149 pounds. That's nine pounds more than I weigh. You're so skinny. It's a lot less than what I weigh. <laughs> so 149 pounds. He's going to get, he's going to get truck. He better be fast as hell. He's going to get killed out there. Oh yeah. He, I, I don't see how, what he's going to do. I really don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? And then they take a linebacker with their next pick, Ernest Jones. Fine, he's a solid player, but his biggest area of weakness is coverage, which that was their biggest hole. They needed to find a coverage linebacker. And then they take a linebacker whose biggest weakness is in coverage. George Kittle, have fun. Like, they didn't fix that. Right. He's going to dominate against you again. And then the rest of their picks. Like, they took another wide receiver later in the draft. Six foot five guy. Never even heard of him. Like, never heard of Jacob Harris in my life. <laughs> he, he did nothing at UCF. Nothing. He's six foot five. I, I don't understand their draft whatsoever. Okay. Now what about the Cardinals? Because we talked a little bit about Rondale Moore and a lot of people are praising the Cardinals for bringing in more. Cause they think that, that, that offense could use another dynamic wide receiver. Yeah. I like Rondale Moore again. He's five foot seven. We'll see what happens there, but I do think he's a good playmaker. And if they find ways to get the ball in his hands, I do think that any defense going against him is going to have a hard time stopping him. He's just electric after the catch. We'll see if he can stay healthy. That's been his biggest issue at Purdue. You know, he hasn't done much of anything since his rookie season, but in his rookie season, he was fantastic. 
especially in the screen plays. And I do think they could even use him uh, like the backfield. They don't really have an elite running back right now. James Conner and uh, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, Chase Edmonds. You can use Ronda Moore in the backfield. And if they use him in that Darren Sproles role, he's going to be really good. Zayvon Collins, their first round pick. I thought it was a great pick. Like, great linebacker, really good in coverage. I was saying, like, that's who you should be worried about if the Rams were to trade up in the second round. If we were to fall and get him, like, that would be your biggest worry. Zayvon Collins is really, really, really good. Like, he's a good linebacker, really good in coverage. He will be able to stay on George Kittle. Like, that's a that's great, great fill for them. Great draft pick. But then they didn't really fix their secondary whatsoever. They have Malcolm Butler and no one else for corners. You're going to be able to throw all over them. Like all I, their defense is going to be rough. Like their secondary is going to be terrible. They took Marco Wilson in the third. Uh, like, I don't know much about him, but reading about him, his biggest weaknesses are that he's a terrible tackler, uh, <laughs> makes a ton of mental mistakes and will allow big plays at any time and gets a lot of penalties. So it's like, okay, are you really throwing him in there? That doesn't sound like that a good is option. An awesome combination. <laughs> yeah. He can't, he can't tackle and he makes he allows big plays at any time and makes mental mistakes. Like yeah. what does he do well? I don't I don't know. I should read up more about him, but that's just what I read about him on a few of his draft profiles. So not great. I just think the Cardinals offense is going to have to score 30, 35 points a game. They have a good enough offense to see if they can do it. But they also didn't fix their – they have a massive hole at tackle. So I don't – Damon Collins was a good pick, but was it a need? I don't know. Same with Rondo Moore. Did you hear the Zaven Collins draft call? No, I didn't. So it was one of the best – draft calls I ever you know all the audio comes out when they pick the guy and they call the guy so Cliff Kingsbury calls him and he says or uh Steve Kime rather the GM calls him and he's like hey we're we're picking you and he's like are you serious Steve Kime's like yeah I'm serious I'm calling (laughs) and he goes this is the exact quote he said we're gonna kill everybody oh I love it I know we're competing against you, but I love this dude. Like that is that is awesome. And he's a good pick. I just think if you go with that pick in the first, which he a really good pick, then I don't know if you have the luxury of taking Rondon Moore in the second because you had to fix your secondary. And Rondon Moore, was he a need? Like you have DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and like you just took Andy Isabella, who kind of has that similar – he was supposed to be an electric player, uh, yes. really good after the catch, and they didn't figure out how to use him, and he was drafted in the second round as well. So is – are they going to be able to figure out how to use Rondo more? I, I don't know if I feel completely comfortable saying they will because they also haven't figured out how to use Chris Kirk either. Also another second round pick. So do we have too much trust that they'll be able to develop Rondo more? I just think it was a luxury pick and I don't know if they were in the position to take that. And you look in the division, you know, you're in a division with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Debo and Ayuk and Cooper Cup. Like they're stud wide receivers scattered across your division that's 40 percent of your schedule is going to be facing those guys you would think if you're going to you know you you need to beef that area up if you're going to be playing all these good wide receivers so frequently but fantastic that's great news for us as a 49ers fan like I was that's how I watched the draft like what do the opponents that the 49ers are going to be playing do and that's why I was a little upset too that Justin Fields ended up in the NFC like great Mac Jones is in the AFC awesome Trevor Lawrence is in the ASC. Great. That's their problem. Zach, 
It's the only one that we have to worry about is Justin Fields because if the 49ers are right about Trey Lance, they're in a position to have the dominant quarterback in the conference for years because almost all the other NFC quarterbacks are on the older side. Aaron Rodgers is old. Russell Wilson is old. Dak's not old, so he that's definitely potential there. But even like Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, obviously Tom Brady, like there's going to be a vacuum there for that young quarterback in the conference. And so I wanted the 49ers to have the only one. And now, of course, they have to compete with Justin Fields. Yeah, and I do think we should give more respect to Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to take that second year leap. I really do. I think he's going to be good. But yeah, but you have like the NFC quarterbacks don't even compare to the AFC. It's not fair being a Steelers fan knowing like we have no (laughs) plan for a future quarterback. And we have this 39 year old quarterback who's like his elbow doesn't even work anymore. So (laughs) knowing that we have to go up against all these quarterbacks and then they just brought in three more who can potentially be very good. It's very upsetting. And then we had the Herbert and the Burrow last year and Tua. That's not fair. Can you guys take some, please? It's crazy. The AFC right now is just, it's loaded. It's incredible. If you want a quarterback, by the way, I can get you a guy that could win you a lot of games with a good defense and a decent offense. Jimmy Garoppolo is available if you want him. I would be fine. I'd be fine with that, honestly. I'd pay a third for Jimmy. He would look, I I don't know. I mean, he would look good in any jersey because he's a friggin' carved out of he's, marble he's but beautiful yes he's a beautiful man he would look good in that in the Steelers colors like I could easily picture him I could too I, I would like that I wouldn't I guess I'd be fine giving up even a second for him the biggest issue is Big Ben's back so is he comfortable sitting for a year but it could be perfect that if Jimmy if they want Jimmy to be there for this year and then they trade him to the Steelers after Ben retires next year well here's the thing too your backup quarterback's gonna play this year because Ben gets hurt he never plays a whole schedule. So at some point, whoever, even if it's only for a couple of games, they're going to get in there. So I don't know if it's, who is it? Is it Haskins? Who's the backup no, quarterback? It, it better not be Haskins. It's Mason Rudolph. Oh, oh God. Yeah, that's not reassuring. <laughs> that is not reassuring. I will say Mason Rudolph looked actually pretty good for a young guy that just got in until he got his, he just, you know, got put to sleep on the field. And that just messed him up. That messed him up good. He did take a helmet to the head, like, without even going down like people kind of like forget that like miles garrett swung a helmet hit him in the head and he was just like hey you shouldn't have done that like that was an impressive impressive uh move there by mason and he did not need that after because we were at that game that ravens game um, uh and where he just we didn't know what happened mason rudolph made a great play escaped the pocket he passed like he got the ball to the wide receiver. I don't remember who he was throwing to. It was the first sound. We were all cheering. And then we noticed Mason Rudolph was just out cold on the field. Like he just got by two guys, just got knocked out. And he was just like, we didn't know. Like he wasn't moving. He was out. That's when like Juju had his dramatic, like crying on the field thing. <laughs> but we didn't know what was happening because we were at the game. That was scary. And I do think after that, he was just like, got scared. He was scared to play out there. I mean, that's these we're all human. Like that is a yeah. scary freaking thing to have happen uh-huh. to you. And it, I, it would affect anyone you would think. So I totally get that. Yeah. All right. So just to review, we need show names involving Trey Lance, hit us up, rate review, subscribe, feel free to put it in your review. We're, we're down with that. If you have any questions, put those in there too. subscribe to the Niners nation podcast network. Tell Michelle why Trey Lance is going to be awesome. Despite what she says, we're all here for that. And we will talk to you next week.